This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to four troopers who have passed away. Mason Barker, TK-9765 of United Kingdom Garrison. Dennis Bain, ID-5266 of 70th Explorers Garrison. Zach Sotman, TD-6753 of Star Garrison. And Greg Sebron, TI-24244 of Garrison Tyrannus, and most recently, Star Garrison. They will always remain with us in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 92 for February 2016. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. Hey, everyone. I'm Joe, SL12743. And this is Marcus, TK14057 of the Mid-South Garrison. Oh, welcome to the 501st Cast, Marcus. Thank you. Thanks for Appreciate joining it. us. It's an, it's an honor. Thank you. So the 501st Legion is currently at 8,658 members with 15,258 approved costumes in the Legion. This episode, we announce a new commanding officer for the Legion, celebrate Cub Scouts, visit libraries, and help induct Bob Iger into the Toy Hall of Fame. So stay tuned. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Aren't you? The biggest news of interest, to 501st Legion members at least, is the results of the yearly Legion elections. In fact, it was of such interest that we overloaded our own website to the extent that it took three hours to recover. To put it in perspective, our normal traffic is about a .25 on the scale. We hit about 165 when Legion members rushed the site all at the same time. But we're all back to normal now, and we have a newly elected Legion commanding officer, Brian Messarch, CC2390, who will step up from his role of Legion executive officer this term and officially become LCO on March 1st. Several other Legion units also had elections, so we extend a hearty congratulations to all the soon-to-be new and returning staff and a huge thanks for your service to all of the outgoing staff. And we also have a shout-out this episode. We wanted to take a moment to give a shout-out to Mid-South Garrison member Danny, ID 46807. He is a U.S. Army veteran who developed some serious heart trouble while deployed in Iraq and was subsequently medically retired. He's now on a wait list for a heart transplant and has some complex external medical equipment connected to him at all times. Danny had been a 501st fan for a long time and followed Mid-South Garrison's trooping adventures through their Facebook posts. He reached out with an interest in joining but felt that his equipment would make him unapprovable. But Mid-South staff worked with him and helped him get into a non-armored costume that would work around his medical gear. Now he's an Imperial crewman and is working on upgrading to a TIE pilot. 
He took a turn for the worse recently, though, and was transferred to Nashville Vanderbilt Hospital, where he was defibrillated a few times. He is stable now, but expects to be hospitalized for a while. The good news is he has been bumped up on the transplant list a bit. The bad news is he's bored. So we ask our listeners to send some good vibes in the direction of Memphis, Tennessee, and 501st members. Head to the 501st Cares Forum, where Julie, ID3432, made a post about collecting goodies to bring to him to help stave off his boredom. So, Marcus, since you're in uh, his garrison, do you have any up-to-the-minute uh, updates for us on his condition? Yes. Um, we communicate with Danny on a daily basis, hourly basis, pretty much. And we've had some guys um, go over there the other day and bring him some goodies, um, patches, coins, food, um, stuff that that he kind of needs to get rid of his get rid of his boredom. So uh, he has thanked us, and he's he's really happy about all the you know positive attention he's getting. So um, and rightly so, obviously. But he's one of us, and he'll be one of us forever. Does he have any sort of sense of how long he's going to be hospitalized? No. He, Not really? <laughs> he doesn't know. Obviously, he's hoping to get back to Memphis, where he's from, where he lives. But uh, there's no really time yet or idea that the doctors gave him what, uh, when he's going to go back or when he's going to be, when he's going to be released. Well, hopefully his, his name comes up on the transplant list soon. We hope so, too. So there is a really easy and fun charity opportunity for social media users thanks to Disney Parks. You can post a picture of yourself with Mickey or Mini Ears on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag ShareYourEars. And Disney Parks will donate $5 to Make-A-Wish International for everyone, well, at least until they hit $1 million. So you can learn more at ShareYourEars.org. If you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you may have noticed the year-end charity report that was published a couple of weeks ago. If not, we'll have a link in our show notes. Either way, we're pleased to report that in 2015, we raised more than 587000 U.S. dollars for numerous charities around the world. We collected at least 21,000 donation items like toys, clothing, canned goods, etc., and put in more than 62,000 volunteer hours trooping for charities. We have certainly earned the title of Bad Guys Doing Good. That's amazing. Wow. All right. Several members of our Imperial Sands garrison were so thrilled to be able to participate in an amazing fan film called Kara. It's only about seven minutes long, but it is so gripping and visually stunning. Be sure to check it out via the link in our show notes if you haven't seen it already. Speaking of fan films, J.J. Abrams just announced that submissions are open for the Star Wars Fan Film Awards. We'll have more details via links in our show notes. But I surely hope Kara is submitted for consideration. Submissions are only open until April 24th, so get cracking, movie makers. Yeah, I know we received at least one um, request just yesterday. Someone in New York wanted us to participate in a fan film, so I have a feeling it's probably for this uh, award. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it really, really cool that uh, Lucasfilm does fan film awards, and uh, yeah, it'd be cool if they did podcast awards, too. <laughs> but how, how awesome is that for aspiring <laughs> filmmakers out there? That, that is yeah. really cool. Mission reports. 
Singapore Garrison's TIE fighter pilots executed what could be its most challenging mission ever to stand guard over a scaled down from life-sized first order TIE fighter housed within the country's international airport for seven consecutive Saturdays. The mission was named Operation Eagle's Nest, and it would stretch from November 15, 2015 to December 27th. In total, the pilots aim to achieve a minimum of 56 man-hours of guard duty, and they're proud to declare that the mission was a resounding success thanks to the dedication of 13 pilots as well as a lone stormtrooper. It was encouraging to note the large number of visitors who supported the Empire. Smiles greeted the pilots almost wherever they patrolled. This observation was promptly communicated to Lord Vader, and he came to personally conduct a visit on January 8th. The pilots, as well as visitors, were all honored to have photographs taken with him. In appreciation of the airport's strong support for the Empire, Lord Vader presented a token of appreciation to manager Delphine Ong. We'll have a link to photos of some of the pilots in front of the tie in our show notes. And thanks to Desmond TI5850 for that report. I know when they mentioned that the pilots, as well as the visitors, were honored to have pictures with Darth Vader, one of the Thai pilots was holding a sign that said, I am not Darth Vader, with an arrow (laughs) pointing to Darth Vader, because so many of our Thais, if they're just standing by themselves without a Vader present, get confused for being Vader. And RTXs, too. (laughs) Yes. Well, I've been called Darth Vader, and I wear a Lord Sidious outfit, so... um, Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, casual fans are everywhere, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, on January 13th and 14th, members of Outpost Venezuela helped support the carnival run. On the first day, they helped collect sports equipment for children who want to play soccer but don't have things like cleats, shin guards, or even soccer balls. Then the following day was the 5K walk itself. The troopers participated in half armor from the waist up. We'll have a link to some photos from Facebook in our show notes. Thanks to Zomer, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly, TK9378, for that report. In a fiery TIE fighter with the speed of light, a cloud of stardust, and a hearty... I know which one. The lone Vader rides again. On Friday, January 29th, Empire City Garrison dispatched Ron SL5928 to the COPAG Library Star Wars Night. He and Mrs. SL5928 arrived early to set up a table with bookmarks, postcards, and activity books. They set up some vertical banners to frame the library's photo backdrop display and then got suited up. Vader was joined by Leonard from the local Fanforce chapter as old Ben Kenobi. They took pictures with the kids that were there for the event and surprised many people just visiting the library. In fact, Lord Vader shocked one patron who was trying to return a late book by telling him that he was there to enforce the new late book policy. <laughs> he likely... Sorry, I couldn't sorry, help but laugh. He that was, was great. Uh, uh, my apprentice is doing well. Sorry, please do continue. He's likely on his way to the spice mines of Kessel at this point. All in a good troop, and the library contact will be attending a conference where she will be spreading the word of how much the 501st enhanced the events and recommend us based on our professional attitude. So 501st event coordinators, if you see an increase in library appearance requests, this might be why. We'll have a link to one of the event photos in our show notes. Thanks to Ron SL5928 for that report. The Lone Vader. I, I like the sound of that. I really do. And, uh, you know, <laughs> j- just listening to our last episode and now this, he's been rather busy. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, SL5928 has a a nickname, but I think we should just dub him the Lone Vader 
you know, that's the, his podcast the nickname. Lone Vader. We'll have to get him on the 501st cast and introduce him as the Lone Vader, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so this one I'm going to intro, but it's actually from Marcus. <laughs> so Marcus, TK14057 from Mid-South Garrison called in to submit this report about your Star Wars night. So take a listen to your own voice. This is Marcus Fillering, TK14057 of the Mid-South Garrison. And this is my mission report. On January 30th, members, members of the Mid-South Garrison of the 501st Legion and the Rebel Legion's Corellian base were invited to partake in the Lipscomb University Men's Basketball 8th Annual Star Wars Night in Nashville, Tennessee. They showed up in force with the following 16 costumes. Bach, Imperial Gunner, Snowtrooper, Django and Boba Fett, Chewbacca, Hera and Kanan, Kylo Ren, two X-Wing pilots, two Sandtroopers, and three TIE Fighter pilots, plus an assortment of ever-so-important handlers. Nearly 2,500 fans attended the game, and although the home team lost at one point in overtime, fun was had by all. Numerous photo ops presented itself and brought endless smiles to the young and old alike. A custom-made t-shirt was created by the university to thank both legions and their support staff for donating, for donating their time. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was me. <laughs> so yeah. So now I have to get your address from you so I can mail you a patch. I'll shoot that over. <laughs> Thank you for, for for remembering. Empire City Garrison attended a mini Comic Con event at the Belmore Memorial Library on Sunday, January thirty first. Four members of ECG were joined by a member each from the Rebel Legion and local Fanforce chapter. The event featured arts, crafts, games, and raffles. They had a Star Wars Rebels screening for the kids. They had the room nicely decorated with a Star Wars and superhero decorations. And we had our own photo area and table for cards. The staff were already into the event, and some dressed up in Star Wars and superhero costumes as well. Troopers had a great time visiting the kids, taking photos, and handing out citations. They also took some additional photos around the library. We'll have a link to those photos in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Kyle, CC88260, from 70th Explorers Garrison, called on this report about their appearance at the Missouri Comets mascot game. Take a listen. Hello, my name is Kyle, CC88260 of the 70th Explorers Garrison Firehawk Squad. On January 31st, the 70th Garrison Firehawk Squad were invited to attend the annual Missouri Comets mascots game in Independence, Missouri. We were asked to walk around the arena and meet the guests and take pictures with them as they entered the stadium. However, we were not the only ones in attendance that day. There was also about 20 mascots from local colleges, like the Kansas City Jayhawks and restaurants like Chuck E. Cheese and Texas Roadhouse, who also greeted guests before the game. During the halftime, the mascots all played a quick game of soccer. Us troopers stood on the sideline and watched as a full-contact game broke out. The fans seemed to enjoy us and other mascots there. As well as it being the mascots game, it was also the same day that the Dalton Everett Burner Foundation was there. They are a foundation that is committed to supporting pediatric hematology and oncology families with financial assistance. After the halftime, they brought out about 20 children who had survived cancer out to walk around the field and take a group picture with everyone. During the game, they had a raffle for the golden jerseys that the players were wearing for this event and raised just over $3,700. They also had a raffle for kid-sized golden jerseys that raised $400 
at a 50-50 raffle that raised $359. Even though the mascot game and the Dalton Everett Burner Foundation were two different events held on the same day, it was nice to be a part of it and see all the smiles on the kids' faces. The troopers in attendance besides my, myself were SL17510, TR7014, TD7530, and TB98912. Keep up the good work, guys. And Kyle had also sent in a few photos from this event, so we'll put those in our show notes so you can take a look. I'm just glad that we didn't participate in that full contact mascot thing that he mentioned. That just sounded very hazardous. (laughs) The emperor concurs, especially since the emperor does not wear armor. (laughs) Yes. So the 501st Legion event request form has received more than 200 requests to appear at Cub Scout Blue and Gold ceremonies all across the United States. I, I, I get all of the event requests that come in for the Legion worldwide. And as I was looking through them, it seemed like every third one was for another Cub Scout Blue and Gold ceremony. <laughs> so we were definitely in high demand this year for Star Wars themed Blue and Gold uh, dinners. Mm-hmm. And Empire City Garrison, who is our star mission report submitting submitting unit there, attended two of them this past month. Cub Scout Pack 246 out of Mineola, New York, held their blue and gold dinner on the evening of Saturday, February 6th. The Invaders Stormtrooper Trooping Duo of Chris TK6744 and Ron SL5928 made the appearance and took photos with attendees, both young and old. They also set up a small table with various trading cards to give away. They handed out their typical citations to both kids and adults and had fun roaming around the event for a bit. The pack was very happy to have us there and treated our members very well. Shout out to Mrs. SL5928 for squiring and taking photos, and we'll have a link to an album in our show note for those. Then on the morning of Saturday, February 13th, once again, the ECG trooping duo of Chris TB6744 and Ron SL5928 headed out again, this time for Cub Scout Pack 138 out of Calverton, New York, for their blue and gold dinner. It was held in the banquet hall of the Boy Scouts of America's Baiting Hollow Campgrounds. Again, they posed for photos with attendees, young and old, handed out citations, and gave out trading cards. Then, just before heading off the floor, the scout leadership asked for Chris to explain a little bit about the 501st Legion and what we do. Again, we'll have a link to photos on Facebook, thanks to Mrs. SL5928, and thanks to Chris, TK6744, for both of those reports. Empire City Garrison attended the 7th Annual Dream, Believe, Achieve Children's Celebration at the Radisson Martinique on Broadway in New York City on Saturday, February 6th. The celebration is hosted by Radisson volunteers for approximately 250 children and families currently living within New York City homeless shelters. For the past seven years, the hotel has also sponsored hotel internships for outstanding students within the shelter system, culminating in this annual party. This year's chosen theme was, of course, Star Wars. There were numerous play and activity stations going on throughout the event. After the awards portion of the celebration was over, 13 members of Empire City Garrison entered the party room to the mighty Star Wars theme that the DJ played on the loudspeaker. The crowd in the room was in awe that they did not even know how to react. The DJ announced that the celebration goers were free to come up and take photo ops, and then it was 
on. For approximately two hours, the celebration attendees partied it up with our troopers and took tons of photos. The ECG was a huge hit with all the party attendees and hotel staff. Thanks to Anthony TK10666 for that report. On Sunday, February 7th, the Dutch Movie Orchestra gave a performance in the Music Hall at the IJ in Amsterdam. They played several famous movie scores from big Hollywood blockbusters and, of course, the Imperial March from The Empire Strikes Back. The Dutch garrison was invited to come out and welcome the guests in the lobby and to march onto the stage when the Imperial March was played. As always, it was an awesome experience to hear the Star Wars music being performed live. Fourteen Dutch garrison members were able to attend, and the guests and even the orchestra members really enjoyed our troopers' presence. We'll have a link to a photo of the troopers on stage in our show notes. Thanks to Niels, TK30309, for that report. On Saturday, February 7th, Empire City Garrison attended Star Wars, The Force is Coming celebration at the West Hempstead Public Library, thanks to the infamous trooping duo of Chris, TK6744, and Ron, SL5928. They once again set up a large table with various trading cards, handing out citations to kids and adults, and had fun roaming around the library. They had activities including coloring, Star Wars crafts, snacks, art projects, and more. The kids also got to make pool noodle lightsabers, and our troopers luckily did not get beat up except for one cute two-year-old who playfully took on Darth Vader. They had a great time taking photos, giving out the cards, and interacting with some very enthusiastic attendees. After their portion was done, the library had an author come in to give a talk about Star Wars, so they had a very full program. We'll have a link to a Facebook album of photos, thanks to Mrs. SL5928, and thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. On February 11th, five members of United Kingdom Garrison had the great pleasure of visiting a special little man named Lucas and some of his friends in Sky Ward at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Sky Ward looks after children having specialist orthopedic and spinal surgery. Children in this ward tend to have conditions like congenital limb problems and osteogenesis imperfecta. Lucas had just undergone yet another of very many operations he has endured since birth due to having a rare genetic disorder, which resulted in the need for this further leg operation. Lucas is a huge Star Wars fan, so for his bravery in the face of adversity, he was awarded a Darth Vader medal and given an honorary Stormtrooper certificate, although he seemed to enjoy having a play with Boba's gun the most. Thanks go to ward staff member Sasha, who helped arrange the visit. UKG hopes this was just the first of what will become a regular quarterly visit to the ward. It is always so humbling to see such lovely smiles on the faces of these children, despite what they are going through. We'll have a link in our show notes to a photo album on UKG's Facebook page so you can see some photos from this visit. Four members of the Empire City Garrison were handpicked by Lucasfilm to appear at the Toy of the Year Gala at the Museum of Natural History in New York City on the evening of February 12th. The Toy of the Year Gala is a special celebration when the 2016 Toy of the Year winners are announced, along with other announcements for the toy industry. One of those announcements was to announce this year's inductee, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger. Our troopers' role at this event was to stand as eye candy during the cocktail hour prior to the start of the ceremony while attendees arrived. Of course, our troopers were a huge hit as the party attendees couldn't get enough of them. After a break for dinner, it was time for our troopers to take the stage during Bob Iger's induction. 
their second task for the evening. ECG troopers took to the stage during introduction video of Bob Iger's accomplishments that was played on stage and throughout the party hall. Immediately following the video, Bob Iger came to the stage as he was officially announced as this year's inductee. He gave his, ex his acceptance speech at the podium with two of our troopers flying to each side of him. It was truly a special moment. Tour of the Year event reps and Disney employees on site were all thrilled with the 501st Legion's appearance. It was definitely an honor to be part of this one. We'll have a photo from the stage appearance in our show notes. Thanks to Anthony TK10666 for that report. Our Carolina Garrison recently had a troop that was really emotional. It was for a child that was dealing with hardships we never want to see children have to deal with. But our members found that young Malachi is truly an inspiration to many. He has lived a life that few can relate to, yet he still has a smile on his face and lives his life to the fullest. You see, Malachi was born into an orphanage in Ethiopia and was adopted by Jay and Kelly Siltzer of Asheville, North Carolina, when he was one year old. Sadly, Malachi lost his new mother to leukemia in July 2014 and was then himself diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor a little more than a year later. Malachi is currently dealing with extensive treatments, a recent surgery, and an uncertain future. Malachi is a big Star Wars fan, and while looking online to plan his upcoming eighth birthday, his family discovered the Bible First Legion and reached out to us. Our members feel fortunate to have been able to attend his birthday party and see the happiness on Malachi's face when the troopers walked in. It was a great Star Wars-themed party, and Malachi truly seemed to enjoy every minute of it. Hopefully, if even only for a minute, Our members hope they were able to take his mind off of the challenges that he faces every day. Kudos to the troopers who volunteered and brought gifts for Malachi and to those members who weren't able to attend in person but sent along gifts in their stead. As our members got ready to leave, the family insisted on giving each of them an envelope as a thank you. They told the family that it was their pleasure to attend and could not accept, but the family insisted. Each envelope had $50 in it, and it was a testament to how giving this family really is despite their own hardships. All of the troopers combined the money, and the $200 was donated to Make-A-Wish in Malachi's name. It truly was a great day and a very meaningful troop. We'll have a link to the family's GoFundMe site in our show notes. Thanks to Anthony, TI28803, for that report. The 501st Legion is the premier international Star Wars Imperial costuming organization with dozens of units worldwide. First Cast's No Allegiance series, where we give listeners a chance to get to know each of our units a little better. So, welcome to our next installment of our new interview series for the 501st Cast called No Allegiance. As the intro suggests, we're hoping to interview each 501st Legion unit and give you the opportunity to hear about them firsthand. So, this time we'll be speaking with Imperial Sands Garrison. They were formerly Southern California Garrison San Diego Squad, but formed their own garrison in November 2014. They're now 72 members strong and are in charge of San Diego and Imperial counties in California. So I'm pleased to welcome to the 501st cast, Leslie Farquhar, DZ3774, and Todd Mullen, DZ8559, the current commanding and executive officers of Imperial Sands Garrison. So welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks. And I just noticed we're all DZs. It's like a little mini DZ podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I have a Jawa. I know Leslie has a Jawa. Todd, do you have a Jawa or a Tuscan? Or? Uh, I have a Tuscan and a Jawa. Awesome. Formerly the detachment leader for Craig Clan. Right. I remember that, but I wasn't sure which of the, the standard DZ costume you had. But you had both. Awesome. So, yeah, we're like a little mini Jawa microcast today. So, um, why don't you give us some information on how you founded and and the history of your unit? Well, the history of our garrison is actually pretty long. Um, as a group, we're actually 16 years old, uh, although we didn't start as a garrison until 2014. Uh, we started as the San Diego Squad, which formed in two, uh, 2000, shortly after Southern California Garrison was officially formed in May of 1999. Um, San Diego Squad started as 10 people. Uh, over 14 years, developed into 57 core members, which then formed Imperial Sands Garrison on November 2nd, 2014. Uh, since then, just a little over a year and three months, we've grown to 72 people. Uh, we have quite a few in the pipeline for a review, and we've got a Kylo Ren coming down the pipeline, so we're really growing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Over the years, we've been really lucky to develop some really neat annual events at, at different locations, and we stay really busy. We average 125 or more gear, uh, events a year, uh, social stuff, fun stuff, charity troops, and we're really just a big geeky family out here. <laughs> so what is a, a big recent event that you guys have done? Well, beyond the uh, obvious big event of the uh, Episode 7 premieres, uh, the Imperial Sands Garrison, along with uh, the Rebel Legion Sunrider Base and the Mandalorian Mercs, Herangalar clan uh, recently took a pilgrimage out to the location where the sand barge and Sarlacc pit scenes were formed, excuse me, filmed for Return of the Jedi. Uh, that's the Buttercup Valley portion of the Imperial Sands Sand Dunes recreational area. Uh, we hosted a photo shoot with over 75 costumers. But also there was an art show and a special on getting to know the desert that the Bureau of Land Management held out there. But then the really special thing was that they held a screening after dark of Return of the Jedi that was open to the public. Very awesome opportunity. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. And I think it's so neat that your one of your counties is called Imperial County. Very fitting. yeah i saw some of the pictures from from that troop such a such a cool locale perfect locale for for us star wars fans to to pose for pictures in uh we had photographers crawling through the sand uh you know sliding down the dunes or climbing up we even took video of of a bunch of our uh, stormtroopers trying to run up the hill and chase a finn costumer and boy, they had a hard time with it. They could only run about halfway up before they were all dying. Oh, I can imagine. Not a lot of yeah, not a lot of traction probably on those uh, fancy uh, Elvis boots there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what would be uh, so a noteworthy upcoming event that you'd like to to share? Our, our next big event is actually one of our absolute favorites. Um, we're going out for our fifth year to the El Centro Food Fest and Air Show on March 11th and 12th. 
Um, the Food Fest is an event that's open to the public on March 11th. That's a Friday night at uh, NAFL Centro where we meet and greet with the public. We listen to uh, live music, try new food and drinks, and we get to meet the Blue Angel pilots up close and personal. Um, and then they end the night uh, after sundown with a fantastic fireworks display. And then the next day is the actual air show, and we joined about 60 other displays and performance groups uh, there at the show. Uh, we wander the crowds, take pictures with folks. We have tables and static displays ourselves, and we bring Legion members from all over the Southwest area. So we have people coming from Los Angeles, from Arizona, some from Nevada. Um, we also have, you know, the Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, R2 Builders coming out, uh, showing off all their costume costume and bringing, you know, movies, books, comics to life. And there's about 55,000 attendees that come to this. And then at the end of the day, we get to go out to the flight line and watch the Blue Angels show from the front row. Awesome. Very exciting. We're really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I know. I've, I remember seeing um, mission reports of that event in the past. I know it looks like an awesome time. Yep. And we hope to keep that one going for many years. So not using that one, I suppose. What's a, a different favorite event that you have? Well, probably uh, my favorite event of our uh, calendar is when we get to visit the uh, Balboa Naval Hospital and attend their NICU survivors picnic. Uh, the picnic itself is a celebration for the children that have been fortunate enough to be helped by the NICU and have survived and grown and are just are celebrating life. And we go out and help cheer them up and put smiles on their faces. And then after we get done with the picnic, we get to go inside the hospital and cheer up some more kids. And unfortunately, a lot of them are still fighting their fights. And hopefully with our help, they'll make it. Um, and then after we finish with the kids, then we get to go up to the uh, wards where we get to see the actual naval personnel and the veterans that are in the hospital. And we get to bring some of some smiles to their faces by bringing the Imperial Navy to <laughs> visit their Navy. <laughs> yes, I know hospital troops are always at the top of many of our members lists as the ones that they find you know most rewarding. And, and visiting the Wounded Warriors Unit is really special for us because San Diego and Imperial Valley is uh, populated by a lot of military and the Balboa Naval Hospital is one of the biggest treatment hospitals around for wounded veterans. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what sort of favorite story or anecdote do you have from a troop that you've done? Well, we each have uh, one that we talked about. Um, for me, when I was in my first year or so of being in the 501st Legion, we did an autism event where we spent the day at a with the children at a treatment facility doing some Christmas stuff. Um, there was one little boy, uh, about four years old, uh, who was just fascinated by my costume. I was wearing my Royal Guard cloak that day, and he kept touching uh, and rubbing the, the velvet of the cloak. So I kneeled down by him because I was significantly taller than he is, and so he could touch the robes, and, and he was looking at my helmet and my gloves, and he kept saying, pretty. 
And I looked up a few minutes later and I noticed his mother was crying. Um, a little later, uh, the little boy's dad had taken him off to see something different. And I went up to her and I asked her why. And she told me those were the first words he had spoken in over a year. Oh, my goodness. His autism was so severe, he had trouble expressing himself. Um, it was kind of at that moment, I knew the impact that we could bring. And uh, that troop has never left me. It's why I do what I do to see that kind of effect on people. Awesome. Oh, go ahead, Todd. Um, probably my favorite anecdote um, is from way back in my first uh, costume troupe. I mean, we get to do so many crazy things uh, that normal people don't. I mean, we get to go on the field with the San Diego Padres or the Los Angeles Dodgers. We we get to meet celebrities. Um, we get mobbed by fans at conventions, and we get to be in films and everything that are seen all over the Internet. Uh, I've done crazy things like riding an elephant. <laughs> uh, but probably my favorite was... Uh, at Legoland, which was my first troop, I was really a little bummed out by the end of the day because all of the TKs were walking around in their shiny white armor and all the kids were paying attention to them. And I was uh, kept getting asked, what the heck are you? Uh, but then towards the end of the day, a, a small child came running up to me and hugged my legs. Uh, didn't even see him coming because of the lack of vision in the helmet. Uh, and then uh, his mom came over and, and thanked me for being there as a Tuscan because that's all he wanted to see. And he'd gone <laughs> all over the park trying to find Tuscans, and he couldn't find anybody. I knew I was hooked after that point. <laughs> awesome. Your own little fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would be perhaps uh, a little-known fact about Imperial Sands Garrison that most folks listening wouldn't know? Well, you kind of hit on it earlier, actually. Um, you mentioned that one of our counties is Imperial Valley. Well, um, we took Imperial Valley and then Sands for the beaches of San Diego and just kind of put them together. It's, so it represents uh, both our territory and our city. Cool. Yeah, I had obviously always associated you guys with San Diego, but I had never really realized that there was actually a, an area there named Imperial yeah. So. Um, the Imperial Valley is actually a pretty big part of our garrison. We don't have a lot of members out there, but we're getting new ones. I can think of at least two out there in the pipeline, so they won't be uh, just a lone two troopers out there much longer. <laughs> yes, I have a feeling that with the, the new movies and uh, costuming being what it is today, that we're definitely going to keep growing by leaps and bounds. No doubt of it. Very cool to, to learn all this stuff about you guys. So thanks for coming on and, and doing this little mini-cast. Our pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for having us. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you're listening to the 501st cast. This is the cast you're looking for. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T dot com.
501st Legion units are standing by for orders regarding the release date of the Force Awakens. Early indications said it would be on April 5th, but at Lucasfilm's request, those dates have all been removed from news sites and pre-order sales pages. Whenever it will be, my bets are it'll still be in April sometime, we'll be ready to help our local communities celebrate. The annual celebration of May the 4th will be here before we know it. Many units are already making plans for appearances. Most are long-standing traditions like Mountain Garrison and their May the 4th troop at Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. It's become a much-loved annual event at the museum where all the local Star Wars groups band together to appear. It's the one time every year where the cockpit of the X-Wing on display is opened for people to have the chance to sit in it. The public is encouraged to come in costume and get involved. The club set up interactive areas for the kids and adults, like Blaster Trooper, Craft Station, Science Exhibits, and more. Neon City Garrison has plans to be at the museum for May the 4th as well. They've been invited to appear at the Atomic Museum Desert Research Center for their Star Wars Science Day. The Atomic Museum is all about the history of the bomb and all the testing done in Nevada. It's affiliated with UNLV. Then on May 7th, Neon City Garrison will be a featured guest at the Plastic Modelers Convention in Las Vegas. They'll be setting up a huge booth and displaying how armor is made and built. I guess we kind of are plastic modelers, if you think about it. <laughs> also, on the topic of upcoming things, did everyone see the concept art for the Star Wars edition to Disneyland and Disney World during the Wonderful World of Disney 60th anniversary special? I did. <laughs> did everyone else? I'm about to. <laughs> I, I, I did, and uh, I, I loved what... Um, uh, Han Solo had to say about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the intro from Harrison Ford there was 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 awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to see it live, but obviously it was posted on Facebook. You know, within hours of it airing, so it was it was awesome. And if they can capture even a portion of the amazement that I felt when I walked down the streets of Radiator Springs for the first time, then I'll be in heaven because I loved how they captured that. I I it really felt like I was within the Cars movie. So if they can do that with Star Wars, which I'm sure they can because this is Disney, then it will be amazing. I am looking forward to uh, Star Wars land now. And, uh, you know, it's amazing looking at, if you're a Disney fan, just looking at the way that the park has transformed over the years, ever since the 50s, so like Tomorrowland back then. And again, you know, I was born in the 70s. And so I remember going to Disneyland in the 70s and 80s and Tomorrowland, even back then, the changes that it went through. And uh, now the whole park is nothing like it used to look like, of course. And uh, the changes that it's still going through, especially with uh, the Star Wars. Land edition. Uh, really, really looking forward to uh, seeing this. And uh, Marcus, you said you haven't seen it yet. I think you're going to be amazed with some of the interactive things that the new Star Wars Land is uh, going to have to offer. Yeah, it's on my DVR, sitting <laughs> to be watched. Uh, prepare to be impressed. This episode's shout out is to December 2015 Trooper of the Month, Steve Walnicki. RC one zero one three six of Wisconsin Garrison and Steve, if I butcher your name, please reach out to me, <laughs> and we will correct it next time. In December, Steve worked as coordinating multiple troops for his garrison, including a TFA premiere event with local Boy Scouts that doubled as a last-minute wish-granting mission for the Zahn family. Shana Zahn, having a compromised immune system, had a wish to attend one Star Wars film with her son Quinn in the theater. Steve wasn't only able to coordinate with the scouts to use the event for a showing, but also secure a space in the theater for all three family members. 
a separate and safe entry and exit from the building, handicapped seating, and the opportunity for Quinn to join his Star Wars friends as trooper for the day. Steve is often referred to as a gentle giant, colossal not because of the size of his frame, but because of the magnitude of his heart. He excels at not just seeing, but also inspiring greatness within others and encourages each trooper to give selflessly. Congratulations, Steve. There were also 11 other nominees for December. We'll have their names listed in our show notes. We'd love to get some audio listener feedback for our next episode, so we're going to turn it into a little giveaway. Call into our hotline at 828-419-0501 and leave us a brief message. It could be a memory about your favorite troop or a request for us to consider doing an event in your town or a question about the 501st that we could answer for you. Just keep it clean and under two minutes. We'll play as many of the clips as we can during our next episode, and three random callers will receive a 501st cast patch as a prize. We've definitely been on a roll, because two episodes ago, we received in one call, so we gave away one patch. This episode, we got two calls, Marcus and Kyle, So we're giving away two patches. So let's see if next episode we can get in at least three people to call in, and then we can give away three patches. I finally got my patch, and I got to say thank you, Nikki, by the way. Uh, They (laughs) they look great. The shape is uh, uh, nice. I mean, it's it's not your standard round or square type patch. It's kind of round on the top and flat on the bottom there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, uh, well, it's a beautiful patch. And uh, so I'm going to give them the the phone number one more time. Uh, Definitely call in and leave a two-minute or less voicemail. And and the number again is area code 828-419-0501. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And that reminds me, we should do a shout out to Mike Fessler, who has now taken over our Twitter feed for the 501st cast. He runs the Twitter for the main 501st Legion Twitter feed. And I recruited him to also do it for the 501st cast. And we just exploded with uh, new followers and people retweeting us and sending us their events that they've been um, either trooping at or going to be trooping at. So we're active on Twitter now. Thanks to Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for your service, Trooper. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st cast. Thanks to, oh my god, uh, blooper time. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> we'll have a link to a photo of the troopers on stage. <clears throat> Julie seemed to enjoy every minute of it.
every minute. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with this one. As always, our official home on the web is 501stcast.com slash podcast, where you can post your... Oh, hold uh, on. Okay. I'm to stop you there because <laughs> you said 501stcast.com, <laughs> but it's just 501st.com. Oh. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Blooper. I'm going to have a few of those this episode. <laughs> I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault.